Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter 10 of the categories, Aristotle distinguished between four main kinds of opposition, ways in which terms or things can be opposed to each other. And the fourth type that he talks about is really quite interesting. It's unlike the other types in that it is, you might say, purely a matter of language or thought, and it is affirmation and denial. One of the things that makes this particularly interesting is that we can use language or our thinking, which Aristotle thinks is very much like language, only in our heads, to refer to the other kinds of oppositions. For example, those of contraries or those of positives and privations or those of correlatives. Now, the terms that Aristotle uses here are rather technical terms. There is kataphasis and apophasis. Kata is, you know, literally means downward. So think of sort of saying down, saying this is the way things are. You're laying things out in speech. Apo means away. Phasis is coming from speaking, right? So saying, no, no, it's, it's not that. It's, it's something else instead. And by Aristotle's time, and especially in Aristotle's work, these come to mean what we call affirmation, saying something is the case, and denial, its opposite, saying that something is not the case. And Aristotle clarifies that what we mean when we talk about kataphasis is a logos, a statement, a verbal, or, or we could say mental entity, logos kataphatikos. So a statement that is affirming, an affirmative statement. Affirmation is affirmative statement. Denial is negational statement or negating statement, we could say, denying statement. So this is a very important point to keep in mind. And, and again, keep in mind as well that Aristotle doesn't think this is just in language, but also can be in thought, which, wor which works like language itself. We can engage in kataphasis or apophasis as activity. He also points out that what is affirmed or denied, what the language is about, right? What is affirmed or denied is not itself affirmation or denial. It's not, as he says, a logos. There could, of course, be uh, counterexamples to this that he doesn't consider. For example, when we're using language metalinguistically and we are talking about the language itself. But even then, there, there's a difference going on. It's true that it is a logos, but it's not being treated as a logos in that case. It is being treated perhaps as a subject of which things are being predicated or, you know, in this case, affirmed or denied, or it's being treated as we might say an object, something that language can be referring to. This is an interesting facet of language. We can set that aside and we can think instead about the sort of examples that, that Aristotle uses. The person sits, the person does not sit right? The person actually sitting is a thing that's sitting down. I'm just miming sitting down because I don't have a chair. Not sitting, of course, could be a whole bunch of things. Could be standing on your head, could be running around in circles, could be laying down on the floor, could be standing on one knee, could be getting yourself almost ready to sit, but then not sitting. So there's denial sometimes isn't exactly clear about what is the case, but it's clear about what is not the case. 
And so Aristotle says that the person sitting or the person not sitting, it's not the same thing as the statement about that. And why does he make this point? Because there are cases where people lose sight of this and they confuse the thing itself that's being referred to or the sets of things arranged in certain ways with what is being said about them. The opposition that's happening here is primarily between logos katafatikos, you know, speaking that is asserting something and logos apophatikos, speaking that is denying something. Those are the things that are actually being opposed here. Now, he says that what is affirmed or denied are in fact opposed or opposites in the same way as the statements themselves, because the statements themselves are in a certain way mirroring the realities that are under discussion or perhaps being imagined, right? Because as we're going to see, Aristotle is going to talk about how we also do this with non-existent things in just a moment. But it's very important to keep this in mind. Things can be opposed to each other. The person sits, the person does not sit. That's referring to people in the world or the, you know, the chalk is white. The chalk is not white, right? The chalk is white is a cataphasis. The chalk is not white is an apophasis. The chalk being white is not itself a cataphasis. It is not an affirmation. It's just the quality in the chalk that we're referring to in language. We are affirming whiteness of the chalk and we could deny whiteness of the chalk as well. So those things are opposites in the same sense. You know, if you somehow the chalk becomes different colored, it becomes transparent. It's no longer white, right? That's an opposite. But that's an opposite in in the thing and not in the affirmation and denial. Aristotle seems to think that the verbal things kind of follow on the reality of the things and their possibilities. So he goes on and he says something else that's really quite interesting One of the two opposite statements must be true and the other false. So if you think about it, he is sitting, he is not sitting, right? If somebody exists, either they're sitting at any given point in time or they're not sitting. And you can say, well, wait a second. What about people who, you know, sit and then they get up? Okay, now you're bringing time into it. And we can just say at any given point in time, look, either you're sitting or you're not sitting. Either either you're living or you're dead. You know, either the chalk is white or it's not white. Notice what he doesn't say. Either the chalk is white or it's black. No, because there's other possibilities for color, right? Now, what about non-existent objects? This is where it gets really interesting. He says he's considering all these different ways in, in which we can talk about things either being true or not true. To return to affirmation and negation, of these we may say in all cases that one must be false and the other true, whether the subject exists or not. How is that the case? So he says, well, think about existing first. If Socrates really exists, he is ill or not ill must be true. He is ill or not ill must be false. One or the other is true. The same if he does not exist. Why? It would seem that if he doesn't exist, all bets are off, right? We can imagine anything we like about non-existent things. Aristotle treats this in a kind of hypothetical way. He says, provided he does not exist and it is false to pronounce he is ill, he is not ill, however, becomes true. Even if he doesn't exist. If we can say that one of them is false, 
by assumption, then the other one becomes true. So he says, thus that one of the two must be true and the other be false in all cases will hold of these opposites only, which are in the same sense opposed as affirmative and negative statements. So there's something really unique to this type of opposition that imposes even on non-existent imaginary things that one statement must be true and the other statement must be false. Now, it doesn't mean that we automatically know which one of them is true and which one of them is false. You know, there might be no way to decide that or we might just decide it by fiat. This is what often what happens when people tell stories, isn't it? You know, think about an imaginary universe. You know, those of, of science fiction, for example, where people play fast and loose with faster than light travel, you know? If you say faster than light travel is possible because these aliens have it and they share it with human beings, then that becomes true within that set of assumptions, that fictional world. And faster than light travel is not possible becomes a false statement. And notice that you can have people in those fictional universes arguing about whether it's true or false, you know, and they may find it by experimentation, but only within that fictional universe, not out in the world that we're inhabiting. And presumably we share in some sort of uh, long continuity with Aristotle. So another very important type of opposition, cataphosis and apophosis, affirmation and denial, has to do primarily with language or our thought about things rather than the things themselves, although it refers to those things. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.